morning, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew. And, uh, you know, I, I wrestled back and forth with a, a title for this message. Um, I could call it the results of over, uh, of obedience. I, I could call it, uh, uh, the benefits of obedience. Um, I, I could call, uh, when, uh, your obedience is fulfilled, uh, how, however it is. But, uh, the subject that's more, that matter this morning is talking about obedience, obeying God. And I want to start off by reading uh, uh, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read through here a few verses. It says in the verse 1, Matthew chapter 28, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. But the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was uh, was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And the fear of him, excuse me, and for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time. Thank you again, Lord, for an opportunity to just look at the subject of obedience. And Lord, I thank you very much for what you continue to do in my life and the lives of all of these believers that are here. That, Lord, we would be very receptive to understanding what it means to obey you. And that, Lord, you put a great deal of emphasis on obedience in Scripture. That we simply do what you have asked. And, Lord, may we see the blessings this morning. May we see the results of it. May we see how you deal with us in our life when we go through problems and trials, when we go through difficult times. And Lord, how it simply comes down to obey. Lord, I thank you again for all that you've done for us. Thank you again for those that are here. And I pray, Lord, our hearts would all be ready to receive what you have for us. And this I ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Matthew chapter 28, in these first eight verses, we see uh, a t- kind of, if you will, another account of what we've heard in other passages. You go over to uh, Mark chapter 16, and you go over to uh, Luke chapter 24, and John chapter 20, you find similar things. You find women coming to the sepulcher, and uh, obviously, you know, Peter and John show up a little bit later. But the women coming to the sepulcher and seeing the stone rolled away, seeing angels that are there. There's one obviously outside. There was two that were inside uh, uh, with the other accounts that we see. And we see some of the things that happen and occur with Mary staying behind and, and actually being see, seeing Jesus before he actually ascended into heaven and he giving her comfort. Uh, just such great comfort by all, just merely saying her name, Mary, 
And, and, and we find all of that in, in these passages. But this morning, I want us to focus on what the angel was telling uh, these women to do. Now, obviously, we know there was there was more women that were there than than the ones that that, that Matthew's identifying here. He only identifies these two in this case, but we know that there was others that were there that had come. But what we find is that there was this commandment that was given that was from God via the angel of the Lord that sat there. And we find this to be true, and we find it there in verse 7. He gives a commandment, and he says, Go quickly and tell his disciples uh, that he is risen from the dead. The, I mean, it was a simple message that was to be given. Now, as believers here today, we are given a simple message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The simple message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ who is God, came here on this earth, being born of a woman, and he was in flesh. He lived this life. He was perfect. He was sinless. And he died on the cross for your sins and my sins so that we would have a home in heaven with him and we would have forgiveness of sins because he desires that relationship and he doesn't want anybody to perish in their sins and die and go to hell. And he died on that cross and through the power of the resurrection, He rose again and he ascended on high and he goes to prepare a place for us. That's a simple gospel message. And many people will try to complicate it. Many people will try to uh, make it uh, uh, more than it is. And they'll say, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, you know, you got to make sure you say the prayer just the right way. Or you do, But the Bible makes it clear. Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, you know, talking about believe on the Lord Jesus Christ now shall be saved. Makes it, makes the process very simple. Very simple. But again, it has to be done from the heart, not just with intellectual assent, not with just words. But it's gotta be a true heart that's, that's saying, I, I, I want you, Jesus. I don't want sin. And what we see here is very clearly, we see another simple message that is given to these women. Just go and tell. Just go and tell the disciples. There was no other, there was nothing else that was there. It didn't say, I want you to go do this. And I want you, when you're gone your way, I want you to go. And I want you to stop. I want you to build a church. I want you to grow up to 200 people. I want you to have all these things. I want you to at least have, you know, a uh, hundred missionaries on, you know, uh, uh, with your group. And then I want you to make sure no, he didn't give any of that. He just said, oh, I just want you to go and tell. I just want to keep it simple. Go and tell. But as they left to do this, they, they, they kind of had some issues that rose up. And I'll tell you, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to try to prevent you from, from obeying God. That's a lot of things. You know, we think of Saul over there in 1 Samuel chapter 15, when he was told to go uh, um, kill uh, the Amalekites and kill Agag the king. Well, what did he do? He didn't do what the God, what, what God told him to do. God told him wipe them out, including the animals and the king. But what happens? He kept the animals alive and he kept the wicked king alive. Samuel shows up on the scene and he says, what is the meaning of this bleeding of sheep that I hear in my ears? What did you do, Saul? Saul didn't obey. He only obeyed so far, so much. He, he, he did what he thought was right, 
He wound up following his own desires, and he kind of, if you will, roughly followed in obedience. But God said that wasn't obedience. Saul makes an excuse. He says, well, I brought these for sacrifice. And God made it clear through Samuel, and Samuel said, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. We find that over there in 1 Samuel 15, 22. Rather than giving everything that you have, God would just rather have you obey. And when it comes down to it, you know, that's simply all he asks of every Christian. Obedience. Just obey. Have you ever got to the point of where you tell that to your kids in frustration? (laughs) Just obey. Just obey. All I want you to do is just obey. Just do this and everything will be fine. Managers. Sometimes all you want your employees to do is just, we just tell them, just do your job. Just do your job. Why is that so hard? Just do your job. And we're telling them the same thing. Just obey. Servants, obey your masters. I tell you, if I ever get to a point in my life, again, where I am managing people in that nature, I'm going to get that verse. I'm going to inscribe it on a big, giant board, and I'm going to put it over them. <laughs> it's probably going to get go over. I probably wind up getting sued because of it or something. But it's like, just come on. All I'm asking for is simple obedience. And that's all that God asks of us. Simple obedience. This is all he asks of these women. And I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that when we look at this passage, we can find here some of the problems. But before we look at some of these issues with obedience, I want you to note one thing. Go back and look at this text here. And he says in verse 7, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Now look at this. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. So here's the situation. He says, look, I want you to go obey. And by the way, when you obey, there's a promise associated with it. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. Now, the angel wasn't lying. The angel wasn't trying to deceive. The angel wasn't sitting there trying to, uh, uh, if you will, uh, um, uh, manipulate the situation in any way, shape, or form. This was a promise that he was relaying from God to these women because of their devout nature and how much they loved the Lord. And he communicates this and he says, look, if you go obey, there is a promise that I will fulfill for you. There's a promise. You'll see something. You'll see something. And here they are going through this. And if you notice, as they go down here, it, it, it talks about uh, that uh, in verse 8, and they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy. So we're going to take a look at a couple of things. One issue when it comes to obedience is sometimes obedience uh, um, can be difficult if there's a lack of hearing. Obedience can be difficult if there's a lack of hearing. Um, one of the times that I got in trouble in school, yeah, I got in trouble at school. I was a naughty little boy. Um, 
and uh, I got in trouble at school it was because I had turned my homework or my classwork in, and I was the first one to turn it in, but I only did one side of the sheet of paper, not the other side. And they thought I was lying about it. They thought I had lied. And I wound up getting a swat from the principal because of it. Well, my mom had a, a few choice words to say to them about this, uh, noting the fact that the principal's um, wife was also the first grade teacher, and the first grade teacher was my mom's friend at the time, probably her best friend at the time. And uh, needless to say, I never heard the second part of it. I never heard the second part of it. But here's the issue. That didn't relieve me of the obligation. Even though I didn't hear it, it didn't relieve me of the obligation to complete it. Many times, obedience isn't uh, fulfilled because we simply don't listen. And many times, promises are missed out in our life because we simply don't hear. We simply don't hear. I mean, here, here you are. I mean, he says, go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And what if they're one of those people that that's all they needed to hear was just that, and they were like, okay, and they left. They're impetuous. They, 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 if you will, they couldn't control themselves, and they just go run off without finishing and listening for the rest of the word that was given by this angel from God telling them of a sweet, precious promise that was going to be had. Telling them that they were going to be the first ones to see the risen Savior. Mary saw Him before He ascended. Now she's going to see Him after He's ascended. If they hadn't listened to that promise... They would have never received it. And I'll tell you furthermore, if they hadn't obeyed, they never would have received it as well. They would have never received it as well. What would have happened if they just decided, ah, they're eventually going to find out anyways. Let's just go home. Well, you know... Why do I have to go tell them they were his disciples anyways? These women didn't have that. These women were virtuous women. These women, they heard the word of God. They listened to the word of God. They heard and they followed in obedience and they received a promise that was very sweet and precious. Very sweet and precious. You get these guys that run around and say that men are better than women and things like that. I just, you know, and Christians will say that sometimes. I love to just go back over there and point out the fact that Jesus appeared to the women first. And they believed before the disciples believed. So what's your problem, dude? (laughs) We're going to start putting one over another? Come on says there's neither male or female in the body of Christ. He's he's not a respecter of persons as man is. And praise God for it. 
But what we find here is it makes it very clear that this obedience that was there, this obedience that is being given, that there was a promise. Do, 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 do we hear the promises that are associated when there's a call to obedience? Do we hear the precious promises that when God tells us to do certain things in Scripture, do we also hear that? Or do we just hear somebody telling us what to do? Obedience is more than that. Obedience is done out of love. Obedience is done because, you know, there's this desire to please the Lord. There's this desire to have this relationship with Him. And here we are looking at this situation. We see that when they went, there was a problem, if you will. They were still fearful. They were still fearful. He says there in verse 8, it says, And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. Now obviously it was pretty fearful to see that angel of the Lord. Because those that, that did see the angel of the Lord, they fell dead. As, excuse me, as it says they were dead, they, they fell down to the ground, they were paralyzed with fear. They passed out, they fainted. They passed out, they fainted. The men, the strong, tough soldiers, guards, Roman soldiers, they killed thousands of people standing there, and they see the angel of the Lord, and they're like, oh. And the women see it, and they go, hmm. Anyways, <laughs> you see this, but here it is, and you realize that sometimes when you are asked to obey, there is going to be some emotion that comes in there. At the same time, there's going to be the spiritual attitude of the heart with joy that, that, that may be there where the Spirit is working in you to do those things and to be obedient, but there's still going to be some apprehension. There's still going to be a little bit of fear. There's still going to be some concern that's there. I will say that regardless of the circumstances of what was going on in their life, regardless of whatever emotions were coming up, they decided it was better to obey the word of the Lord than to sit there and worry about the emotions and the fears and the problems or whatever it may be. They just said, we're going to go. And I tell you, you know, I, I love that verse. Why? Because that verse really truly shows us in verse 8 what the Christian life is like. You know what the Christian life is like? He tells us to go obey, and we go and we obey. And what are we, as we talked about this morning, we're usually racked with some fear, but at the same time, we've got this just absolute joy from the Holy Ghost. We've got this, you know, push and pull going on. We've got our physical emotions that we're, we're, we're wrestling with on one side, but then we've got the Spirit leading us on the other. And these women, they followed that joy. They were excited. Could you imagine their, the, the, the impact that had on their lives to see the angel of the Lord and then to see an empty tomb and to realize the promise that he is risen. To realize the promise that he is risen. He had already said he was going to rise again. The the angel reminds him and says in verse 6, 
He is not here for he is risen. As he said, as he said, and I will tell you this, when you're going through that obedience part and there's some of that fear that was going to rise up and there's some concern that's there, focus on the joy of serving the Savior. Focus on the joy of obedience. Focus on the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit and working in you and that fruit that is there. Why? Because he will remind you beforehand that there are precious promises And that there are things that he has said previously that has come to pass. The Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you have called upon the name of the Lord today and you are a saved, born and evangelical of God, you will understand that there has been a precious promise that has been extended to you and that you have received already. So when he tells you to go and do something else, you have that to fall back on. God has already kept his word. Here they are getting ready to go. Well, they already realized Jesus Christ had already kept his word. He said he wasn't going to be there. He wasn't there. He said he was going to rise again, and he did. They fall back on that word. They fall back on those promises. They fall back... On that, so when, when, when obedience is is going to be uh, had, you realize it's going to be mingled with some emotion, and it's going to be mingled with what our heart attitude is. And if our heart attitude isn't one that is fixed upon the Lord, isn't one that is being, uh, uh, if you will, affected by the Holy Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit, then obedience is going to be hard. And I guarantee you that fear will keep you from obeying. But these women, they received that joy and they carried on regardless of their fear. Fear doesn't have to stop you, folks. Fear doesn't have to stop you. Because in a moment, we're going to see what God does with that fear. I want you to see in verse 8, it says they departed quickly. In verse 7, he says to them, go quickly. And in verse 8, it says, and they departed quickly. Departed quickly and did run. Their obedience was immediate and speedy. Was immediate and speedy. You ever have a child that you tell them what to do, and there's the obedience part, and they go, yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And then they're like, okay, go do it. You're like, any day now. I'm moving, I'm moving. Speedily. (laughs) With haste. (laughs) Move it. You want it done. You want it done immediately. There's obedience. Their obedience was speedily. Their obedience was immediate. Their obedience was quickly. As he told them to do it. You know, many times the Lord will tell us what to do, and he will also give us, if you will, the promptness by which we must must do it. Here, it was very clear. It was very clear. Quickly. 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 Don't wait. Do it now. Quickly. 
And I'll tell you, when it comes to the word of God and it comes to obeying his word, those things need to be done readily, speedily, and quickly. Quickly. Because if they're not, the greater amount of time that we delay the obedience allows for more opportunity for the devil or ourselves to talk us out of it. And and they weren't just like, oh, yeah, we'll go tell them. And they're just casually walking along the way. No, they ran. I'm not going to run because you don't want to see that. (laughs) They, 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 They ran. They ran. I mean, they had purpose. They knew that it was important. I, I mean, I, I'm sure that probably at some point in time along the way, they could have had that thought of, well, do we really need to go there? I mean, you know, the angel could just appear to them too. And eventually they're going to figure out a couple of days. Word will get around. They didn't question it. They just did it. They just did it. They obeyed. They obeyed. And and, and very clearly, I want you to see this. You know, when we obey despite our fears, and we obey speedily, there's going to be a, an obedience that was that, that's if you will that is rewarded. Take a look at the passage again and take a look at verse nine, and it says, "As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail." And they came and they held him by the feet and worshipped him. Now, obviously, we see that this isn't. What Mary saw where Jesus said, don't touch me yet. I haven't ascended to the father. This is, he's in his glorified body and he could be touched. And they came and they were at the foot of Jesus and they were holding on to him in worship. They were holding on to him in worship. I tell you, one of the best ways that you can worship God is through obedience. Because here's the great thing about what happens when you obey. That promise that was fulfilled, when you obey the word of the Lord, that's when you're going to really meet Jesus in his work. You You want to see your Savior? You want to see him do things in your life? You want to see him in such a way? Then just simply obey. You realize that if they hadn't obeyed, they would have never saw him. They would have never received that promise. And he says to them, he says, all hail. I love that. Just, just casual. You know, here they are, they're just like, <laughs> hauling. And he's just, I could just imagine him, he's like by, like, like a fig tree or something. He's just, all hail. And he's just like, you come screeching to a halt, and they know it's Jesus. They weren't obtuse like the two over there in Luke chapter 24 on the road that had no idea they were talking with Jesus. These knew immediately who it was. 
They knew immediately who it was. When we obey, that's truly when we'll meet Jesus. Why? Because that's what he did. He was obedient under the death of the cross. The Bible says he learned obedience. That's, that'll blow your mind if you think about it too long. <laughs> but he, I mean, here he is. He's, he, 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 he's demonstrating this and he's showing. And what is he doing? You know, despite all their fears, despite all the problems that are going on, he, he still shows up to them. He rewards them as they're promised. And, and, and look at what he says to them. Verse 10, then Jesus said unto them, be not afraid. They, they left with some fear, but now he already knows this, and he looks at them and he says, be not afraid. There they are, they're worshiping him, and the very first words uh, that he gives them, another commandment, be not afraid. The comfort. The comfort. I will dare say that the more you obey, the more comfort from God you will have the more comfort from God you will have in your life. The more you obey, the more peace you're going to have. Sure, for a surefire way to cause more problems and more issues to worry about in your life is to not obey Jesus Christ. That will create some problems. You'll have a lot of wars You'll have a lot of things that are not peaceful. But when you obey, what do you find? You find him saying, be not afraid. Be not afraid. And then here he is, he's reaffirming exactly the message and the same commandment that the, that, that the, uh, uh, the angel gave. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. He didn't tell them to come to the tomb. That was not necessary. He didn't tell them to go wait, you know, you know, go, go wait in the synagogue. He says, no, I'm going to go meet them. You tell them to go where they're going and I will go meet them there. And I will tell you this. That is the best place to meet Jesus. Right. By simply obeying. By simply obeying. Why? It gives us great comfort and it eliminates that fear that may have caused us to not obey in the first place. They didn't have that fear any longer. They didn't have that fear any longer. Now, now, ironically enough, the disciples didn't believe. Over there in Mark chapter 16, he says to them very specifically, he, 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 the Bible says that Jesus upbraided the eleven for their unbelief because they did not believe the women that told them that he was alive. Could you imagine there's Mary and she comes in and she's all out of breath. Like, what's, what's up with you? Uh, there, in the tomb, empty, you know. And they're like, what? And she says, I saw him. What do you mean you saw him? I saw him. He said, don't touch me. He hadn't ascended yet. And then, I met him on the way to come tell you. And I touched him. And I held his feet and I worshipped him. And he came and he told me to come tell you. 
And there they are with all the excitement, with all that joy, with all that comfort they had, with the obedience they had done. And the eleven were like, yeah, we're going to go over here and be with our little hidey hole and be afraid for a while. I mean, James and John, they obviously, they ran to the tomb and they were perplexed by the whole thing. And interestingly enough, they didn't see any angels. They didn't see any angels. They didn't have any commandments given to them. They had some hardness of heart. But here they are, these, these, these women, they're obeying. Their obedience was rewarded as promised. And I have to ask ourselves this question, you know, I have to ask myself this specific question, which all of us should ask. How often do I miss out on those promises because I simply failed to believe the word of God and obey it? How many times have I missed out meeting Jesus along the way? Now, look, I understand he's in us and I, I get that. I totally understand that. But if we look at it from that perspective, how often have we missed out on something great? Because we just simply said, nah, no, I'm not going to do that. Obedience. I mean, it's such a simple thing, right? And I'll tell you this, it's interesting to note that their obedience is tied directly to the worship here. This is directly tied to the worship. God commands us to worship. Now there's different ways to worship. I was I was I was talking to this uh, uh, the the other day to uh, with um, with somebody in the church and talking about uh, actually I was talking about it with a couple of people. You know, sometimes these people they get in this mindset that they think that certain things external are. Are uh, are spiritual. They get they get they get pigeonholed into this this mentality, <clears throat> and um, you know they've got this and they've got that, and it has to be done this way, and it has to be done that way in order to be spiritual. And you got to make sure that you sing two songs beforehand, pray, and then you've got to sing another song, and then you've got to pray again, and then you can do announcements, and then you pray again, and then the Lord will bless the message. You notice we switch things up. Why? Because. Well, why? Because. I'll ask my wife that sometimes. I'll say, why? And she'll go, because. And I'm like, that's a preposition. That's not a reason. <laughs> and she just looks at me and smiles and goes, because. And I'm like, the other day, she was interrogating one of her daughters. She was trying to get some answers out of her. And she was like, no, why, why, why? And, 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 and it was Abby. I'm going to throw her under the bus. And Abby goes, because? And she's like, no, 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 no. you got to give me more than that. And I'm like, wait, wait, just a second here. <laughs> because is a legitimate answer that we've already established. <laughs> you know, sometimes we change things because. We could change the piano, well, because that one was bad. It was heading south of the border. It couldn't be tuned anymore. But, you know, so other changes because of certain things. But, uh, you know, look, 
Nobody says you got to sing X number of songs beforehand. Nobody says you got to sing songs beforehand at all. As a matter of fact, you know, there at the at, at the, the Last Supper, they didn't sing till after they ate. You know how hard it is to sing after a potluck? <laughs> Baptists know. We're all like, you know, we're trying to, you know, get it out. Half of us are passed out. <laughs> but I tell you, you know, obedience is tied to worship in, in, in a way that when God tells us to go and do something, that he gives us the opportunity along the way to see what he's doing and to worship him and praise him along the way. You realize how great our God is so that when God tells us, I want you to do this in your Christian life and you obey and you're speedily doing it and you're following through and you're looking and you're continuing to desire to see him. You're looking for the promises that God has given. And then along the way, what happens? The Lord, he reveals himself. He shows you your hand or his hand in your life. I could, I mean, I could probably take the rest of the time and, and, and many others here could take the rest of the day talking about how when they were obeying God, they just see God's hand in their life. And it just reaffirms the commandment. It reaffirmed the word of that angel. And he said, look, no, go, go tell him, go tell him, go tell him. You see me, go tell him. Keep the work up. Keep doing what you've been told to do. Don't, don't, don't stop now. Keep obeying the word. Don't stop. Because there's that affirmation that comes over and over and over again. And I will tell you this. When God tells you to do something in your life, there will be the continual affirmation. In verse uh, verse 7, the angel said, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And in verse 10, it's here's Jesus Christ again affirming, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. He, 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 he he's, he's reaffirming what was told. But he's also adding a little bit more to the message. You know, God doesn't always reveal everything to us up front right away. Aren't you glad he doesn't? Information overload. If you ever have one of those situations where somebody's telling you this list of things to do and you just look at them and you go, send me a text message. (laughs) Write it down. Well, why is that? Because we understand that the limited mental abilities up here are are going to hinder us from follow-through. And I will tell you, God understands that we are dust, and he understands that limited mental ability sometimes with us, and he wrote them down (laughs) in the greatest text message Ever given. The text that is complete, the text that gives us life, the text that gives us direction, 
And what does he do? Over and over and over again, he reaffirms the same message. Go tell. Go tell. Go tell. He even tells the disciples over there in Mark chapter 16. Go tell. Go tell. Before we started looking at this, I mentioned something about Saul over there in First Samuel chapter 15. You know, Saul missed out on some things. When King Saul was made king, he was a good king. He started out as a good king. But then something happened. And he began to move away from the Lord. So much so that he no longer called him my Lord, but he referred to the Lord as, as uh, Samuel's God. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. Here he is, if you will, lifted up with pride. Yeah. And as I said this morning, pride will keep us from obeying. Pride will keep us from... It'll hinder us in our growth. But but I'll tell you this. Saul missed out on some really great promises. I mean, obviously, he intended on David being king because he knew what Saul was going to do. But I can only imagine that at some point in time in Saul's life that there was probably some regret. There was probably the wondering of, if I had obeyed and hewed Agag to pieces like I was supposed to, because that's eventually what happened to Agag. Samuel decided to take matters into his own hands. Samuel grabs a sword and goes after Agag in front of all the people, and it says he hewed him into pieces. Ew. A little violent there. (laughs) But, but, uh, what if he had obeyed? It's, it's something to think about. I, I don't meditate much on that because that's just fantasy. Because we know he didn't. But I know this. That sometimes in the meditation, in the thinking of our day-to-day life, our walk with Christ, what am I going to miss if I don't obey? What would these women have missed if they didn't obey? I, I, I don't know how many times I had read the account over and over and over again uh, of the resurrection. And it wasn't until one point in time I, I read through that and I was like, wait, wait, what? And you see how God just puts those things in there. How God clearly demonstrates that just through simple obedience, such a great promise was received. Such a great interaction with the risen Savior. Nobody else got to see Him first. Save these women who decided to obey. Obedience has its reward. Obedience has its primary place in the Christian life. 
Obedience is the call of every Christian. Because you can't have faith without that obedience. Because faith is not just believing. It's believing and obeying. It's believing and obeying. Abraham had faith. He believed God at His Word. And he went to a land that was not his home. He obeyed. Obedience is critical in the Christian life, Christian. Let's make it the primary directive of what we do. I don't want to miss out on anything God has to show me. Obedience is key. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for this time, and I thank you again, Lord, for a very simple message. And Lord, sometimes it's the simplest ones that are the most powerful in our lives. When we realize that you just have a simple call for us to obey, and that's all you look for. And Lord, may we have that in our life. May we have that desire to obey you. May we have that desire to please you. Knowing, Lord, that the only way we can do that is through obedience to your word. Lord, may we truly grasp that understanding. Would you work in our hearts, Lord, this morning, and this day, this week, Lord, to understand that concept of obedience. To follow you in your word. To do your will as you ask. That, Lord, you would be honored, praised, and glorified. And there's no greater way I think that we could worship than through simple obedience to you. And I thank you for these women. I thank you for what you gave to us in your word. I thank you for your resurrection that gives me that eternal life. And Lord, may we constantly keep that at the forefront of our mind, that it would guide and direct us in our day-to-day activities to please you and honor you through obedience. And I ask this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.